Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. And now we are deconstructing... And reconstructing... Together. together. <laughs> Listen to some of our key episodes such as... Deconstructing Together. Domestic Abuse, I Am a Survivor. The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2. And Dehumanized by Purity Culture. And more recently, A Seedling Takes Root and... And Jessica, what the fuck? <laughs> our last episode. Yes. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. together. So, as we were talking before this, uh, we were mentioning that it's a little bit hard to podcast right now because we are so much in transition and flux that there's just so much to talk about. Yeah, like in our own personal lives and in our marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you go back and listen to the Deconstructing Together, well, we did that after we had... Yeah. We can like done a fair bit of deconstruction mm-hmm. together, but now we're in the middle very of much in the middle of figuring out how to reconstruct mm-hmm. our life, like reconstruct our faith, and also, well, I've become a Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that completely throws everything up for yeah. a loop. So how do we reconstruct? We don't know yet. So if and that's you're... what you're wanting to listen to, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, and you're not just a Christian. Like, I mean, how do I want to say this? Like, you're one of those very, like, your faith is very, very important to you right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, anyways, it's just I don't know. I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. You, you're, you've been born again, <laughs> for yes. lack of a better. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what happened. So, it is. and so it's hard because. There's something very, like, it's very, very burningly passionate for you. Whereas for me, I, I did have, a, I do have a genuine faith, but it's, a, it's, a, it's different. It's it completely different. I'm in a different place. Yeah. We didn't both have the same experience at the same time. So we're just kind of like, okay, well, that's, you know, how do we sync up? Yeah. And a lot is happening inside and it feels very vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's hard to share mm-hmm. even with you. Mm-hmm. I have a couple people I can share more with that, but which is good. No, we need support, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this podcast is just um, trying to figure out how, how are we, as we're talking through, as we're figuring things out, how are we handling this as we're going back to church after right because we kind of talked for a long time <laughs> gone to church in a year and a half and um kind of spoke a lot about the problems in the church yeah <laughs> and like even our introduction you, you used to say like i'm a christian but not an evangelical and now i was like and i was saying i'm an agnostic and <laughs> we took, took that off the introduction yeah and i asked you before we started like okay we're taking this off the introduction but like what are you now? Are you an evangelical or are you not an evangelical? Well, I mean, I guess I'm probably an evangelical. Like, if I'm being honest about it. Yeah. Like, I probably am. Which is weird for me because... There are still problems in mm-hmm. evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. And our deconstruction journey has helped us to see that. Yeah. And that has been important. Mm-hmm. Um but that doesn't mean we ha- we need to write off all of evangelicalism yeah. because of those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah going back to church I was like okay so when I had my born-again experience I just felt a huge need to go to church and I was like where where will I go where would I go mm-hmm. um and I thought through the different churches in town and they all you know have various thoughts came up with that um but can I just say yeah yeah so ultimately I decided for myself that I would go back to the exact same church we were at before um, because even though it's not a perfect church because no church is perfect, I choose them Mm -hmm. because they are my friends and they're my community and they are my support network and um, the culture of the church as a whole is good Mm. and not all churches have that good culture and right now I'm reading a book called The Church Called Tove and I think you interviewed the mm-hmm. author a few podcasts back um, and Tove means good and he outlines just how some some church culture all all churches have a culture and some of them are good are Tove and some of them are the opposite or are toxic or have narcissism mm-hmm. and he points out some of the things to look for and to help us see what the hidden culture is how leadership reacts to uh, an abuse that comes up that is spoken or things like that Um, and the more I read through it the more I realize okay so my family of origin was its own unity was its own church and it was a culture that was not tov not good but also, the more I read this, the more I realize, while not perfect, this church that I choose to go back to is good. It mm-hmm. has a good culture underlining. And to me, that means I don't need to agree with everything that everybody at church believe. I don't need to agree, but I still choose them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the difference from before, where it's like, I feel like before we were more like we have to agree with everything. Otherwise, we have to leave the church. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, no, they have a good culture. They handle things in general well. No one's perfect, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but well. And so that's what I choose. Um, and I mean, I say all that and I've talked to several people, different people in the church and not everybody believes all the same beliefs anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like I kind of didn't let myself realize that before. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, going back, I have more of a secure sense of who I am, even though I'm still trying to figure out who I am. But it's just very different, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, that's kind of the central question of this podcast is how can you go back to a church now that we see the toxicity of evangelicalism? Mm-hmm. You know, And that's that's something that I'm wrestling with because we do see the problems. And yet there are good people. And yet there is good. And that this is the place where you had this experience with God, where I don't think you would have had it at a different type of church. I needed that connection that I already had with these people, these mm-hmm. friends, for this experience to happen. Mm-hmm. I was born again. I mean, they became my... Speci- specifically, the, the couple that worked a lot with me, like, they became my spiritual parents. Mm-hmm. And... So this is my spiritual church, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you, 
like you mentioned to me that you were struggling with the with the thought like i'm returning to my abuser somebody I said had, that oh I maybe this that. was way back when uh -huh. but like somebody might think that like the church is right. abusive you know you've right. seen all these abuses you have all this pain yeah. from the church so how how can you go back there how do you handle how are you not triggered or are you triggered or I how know. do you handle triggers it is the weirdest thing that i have not been triggered when I used to be triggered for like with migraines and my body shutting down and so much triggers and I haven't been triggered. Um, the difference I think is the lens that I view it through. I don't hmm. view it, view the church as um, you pick the perfect church, you know, or like you pick, mm -hmm. pick the best church and I don't know, it's hard to explain it. Like based on fundamentals of and legalism mm -hmm. and just rules yeah whereas now my my whole perspective has changed to love mm -hmm. and so i love the church i mean i i texted a friend yesterday i was like i feel like i'm bursting sometimes like with love for jesus for the church and i'm like well, i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this but i feel like i'm gonna explode <laughs> i never felt that before no. <laughs> so it's just a completely different perspective mm -hmm. mindset like it it's because i see jesus now with how he is love instead of rules mm -hmm. and how it's not only about the bible it's about jesus mm -hmm. and that's love not rules um so being able to go back to church and see through that lens of love is completely different mm -hmm. it changes perspective it's like we don't have to agree on everything because we care for each other Mm -hmm. and we walk through life together and we help each other out through life's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. um, that's what matters. So something that I have heard one of that I've heard an abusive pastor say is don't ever join it. There is no perfect church. And if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because it, then it won't be perfect. Right. You've heard this before. Yep. So, you know, kind of, and we, you know who I'm talking about and this person is toxic and his church was toxic or had taught. I mean, he was in it leading it. So that made it toxic. How do you like, this is a technique that abusers use to get away with their abuse. You know, this thing of like, well, there's no perfect church, you know, you just have to put up with it. Um, but you're saying something similar. How do you kind of differentiate that? Well, I think from the example you're saying, um, it, it's based on control and fear. Hmm. He's basing that assumption on church being about like, he's, he's saying that out of control and f using fear to get people to do what he wants them to do. Mm -hmm. But by saying, I accept that the church is not perfect, but I choose them mm -hmm. is based on love. Mm -hmm. That's not the same basis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One is like, don't you dare point out all the things that are wrong because you're a sinner. Yeah. Whereas the other one, it's like, we're a group of humans. <laughs> we don't do everything perfect. We say things wrong. Sometimes we glance at someone wrong. Sometimes with anger or I don't know, like we, mm -hmm. we, we fail in some things or we say something hurtful and sure. Some people in church, you know, are, will, end up not the healthiest because it's not a place for perfect people <laughs> mm -hmm. but like as a whole if you have a culture of good then that's completely different it's not based on manipulation fear control 
of the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I say all that. One of the questions in the back of my mind is that I still have is like, what about woman pastors? Mm -hmm. Like, like I'd love to see more women in the church and Mm -hmm. that's not as accepted in evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. So I don't know at one, at some point if that will, how I'll work through that one. Mm -hmm. But right now that's not my focus Mm -hmm. you know um yeah yeah the thing i mean also there's lgbtq where i know that we don't agree now with a lot of people and i thought that was going to be a deal breaker um i kind of felt like when i came out as an ally it's like well i've burned all my bridges but I met with some pastors before we went back to church and said, like, well, this is where I stand now. And they're like, well, that's fine. And there's other people in the church that also believe that. That are which allies. Which I yeah. didn't, that are also allies. I didn't realize that. Obviously, it'd be different if I was seeking leadership, which I'm not. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is that these topics can tend to be hush-hush. Yeah. And you and I have been public about <laughs> our deconstruction and our questioning and our coming out as allies and stuff like that. And so it has led us to see that there's others in the church that are also questioning mm-hmm. and that resonate. And it's not just us. Mm-hmm. Whereas we would not have known that unless we had given them a chance. Yeah. And before we spoke against it all, but we didn't give the chance in a way. It's true. I, I mean, mean, to be fair. Yeah. I also don't regret our journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that, but like, I, I don't regret it because we need it, at least for me. I needed to work through and put all that fundamentalism to die. Like it Mm -hmm. had to die because my whole faith was based on legalism, was based on rules and was not based on love Mm -hmm. at all. So, (laughs) so I don't regret that journey. It Mm -hmm. had to take place. We had to, I had to deconstruct a lot of those things to be able to now reconstruct and it won't be the same Mm -hmm. because it's completely different worldview or like lens. Mm -hmm. And we needed, I mean, so much of our childhoods, both of us in different ways, our childhood and then our Bible college experience and then my seminary experience and everything was designed to make us not critical of our religion. Like we were taught to all the ways to defend the faith and explain the faith and understand the faith, but we were never given the tools to say, okay, did I receive something that was correct or helpful or healthy? And can I look at this critically? Yeah, you're told to question within the box. <laughs> question everybody else, but you don't question. Yeah. Or, or yeah, maybe maybe you question like, are you going to be a Calvinist and Arminian? You know, right. yeah, even exactly. that is like a little bit. You know, do you even have the freedom to question that? But like, yeah. are you going to be a Christian or an agnostic? You were never allowed to question that. And so it was time to like, are you? This is our life. What are we going to choose? And turning the spotlight on actually there are problems in the church there are problems with our brand of of the church but that questioning for both of us at a certain point like you can't be in that mode of questioning that mode of deconstructing that mode of tearing down all the time yeah it at a certain point um it, it gets bitter in your mouth it's like it's yeah it's which too is much. what i've seen and kind of was a tipping point to me being mm-hmm. born again because <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, wow, wow, there's a lot of toxicity in the construction community when people stay there too long. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
it's a little bit like the angry teenager stage. Yeah, it has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Like you gotta listen to your rock music, uh, dye your hair purple, do your thing. And if you don't do that, then you're going to have to do it at some point. Yeah. Like there, it has to happen, but you can't be 40 and still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but you can. You, I mean, you can. <laughs> hey, no judgment. No judgment, but <laughs> it gets a little bit unhealthy if you don't start to build. Like, what are you actually going to do? Don't just be angry at your parents or teachers or whatever. Like, what are you going to do with yeah. your life at a certain point? Yeah. The thing I was thinking with getting back to this, um, there is no perfect church, is that when that person said that about like, oh, there's no perfect church, don't join it if you see it because then you'll make it imperfect. It's this black and white thinking again. Yes. Of like, there's, there is no perfect church, which is true. There's also no church that is like, if it's, there's no church that's a 10 out of 10. There's no church that's a zero out of 10. Really? <laughs> As I say that, I realize maybe there are actually. Maybe there are Westboro. Baptist yeah, that might Church, be a zero you know? out of I think ten. It's probably a zero out of ten. Um, but realistically, churches are kind of somewhere in between. You know, there might be a three out of ten. Okay, we can stay, but like maybe we should consider something else. Or it could be seven out of ten. It's like this is an awesome church. Every once in a while, somebody comes to the front and says something. You're like, whoo. Okay, let's have a conversation on the way home. Mm-hmm. Um. Most churches, maybe they're around a five or a six or whatever, but that that black and white thinking takes the pastor off the hook to say, well, what am I leading a healthy church? Like, where actually are we here? And if everybody is leaving and I'm only here with my family and a few loyal elderly members, maybe I need to change something in the culture of the church. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think that it is fair to say, well, I think we found like, it's kind of a seven out of 10, eight out of 10. Like it's a pretty healthy church. What we found, um, it doesn't say, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but it also doesn't mean we're throwing out our standards. Um, no. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking about too, with like the whole church thing and that I've been processing is how it used to really frustrate me that there was so many denominations and it's like, well, if we have the truth, then like how, why is there so many different denominations? Like we should be able to be united as Christians, you know, like one denomination for all of Christians. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I read and realized also that I thought was really good is like how we all connect with God differently and having different denomination is so good because different denominations yeah. connect with God in different ways. Mm-hmm. And like some people really connect and I, with liturgy mm-hmm. and I mean it connected with me during my experience holy experience like it using liturgy and some people need that to really feel close to God some people need more upbeat some people need more traditional like the, there's just there's a whole variety of there but it's great because there's a variety of humans <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we need that so it's like can we be united across the denominations mm-hmm. and like we I accept the beauty that you see in your infant baptism because mm-hmm. it's beautiful that you are wanting to dedicate your child to God. Mm-hmm. And I accept and applaud that you want to be baptized as an adult because now it's your very own decision mm-hmm. and you want to publicly show it. Mm-hmm. And like there's beauty in that. And whether it's sprinkling or dunking, like that's just one example of one sacrament. But it it's beautiful mm-hmm. and that was one of the highlights of my life probably is being at a service that baptized various ages from babies to teenagers to it's just it was so beautiful to see mm-hmm. the heart of god through that 
so get rid of the black and white thinking mm-hmm. that say I'm right with God and you're not. Yeah. Um, just learn to see God through it. Mm-hmm. And that is part of the beauty of evangelicalism. As much as like there's a lot of problems with especially American evangelicalism, evangelicalism is a big umbrella under which you can have Baptists and Mennonites and Pentecostals and Anglicans and, you know, all the uh, Presbyterians and all the other denominations are all broadly evangelical. And when the evangelical churches get in town, get together, I don't know if they still do, um, the Pentecostal and, and Baptist and Mennonite, you know, like it's it's we're different, but we're united. Um, so I guess to get back to your original question, I guess I am kind of evangelical <laughs> as much as I chafe at the, the term. The other thing I'm realizing is that evangelicalism, like we've just chafed so much against American evangelicalism, yeah. especially. And reading the book, Jesus and John Wayne was extremely helpful mm-hmm. in realizing that, like, even though I was massively deconstructing for me to... I listen to that book and be like, wow, okay, so the issues really are American Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though we're Canadian, mm-hmm. my parents homeschooled us with American curriculum. My dad was a pastor, so all his input was from American sources. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, so I basically grew up with American Christianity, but in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and it realizing that. <laughs> that's what it is like it's yeah. it's nationalism mm-hmm. put into religion like it's yeah. yeah and and just realizing that like we would we would i would love to believe that religion and specifically christianity always transforms culture and sometimes it does but also religion will reflect culture and reinforce culture and that also happens with christianity and with all religions and and you see that in Americanism with, you know, American evangelicalism, like reinforcing patterns of racism and reinforcing um, capitalism and being blind to climate change and the response to COVID and, and nationalism and, and abortion. And abortion and, Texas. Oh, my goodness. Oh my gosh. Um, and obviously how they how they worship Trump, basically. Yeah. Um, but just realizing that. Okay, this is this is Americanism. It's not so much evangelicalism as this is American culture that has come in. And it, it's extremely woven together. I mean, it's almost impossible to separate them. Yeah. But the problem is not evangelicalism. The problem is Americanism yeah. that's been pushed in. And so we can identify that and we can kind of, okay, well, we like this, but not that, you know. Yeah. And we can get more clear on what exactly we like and what we don't like. Um, it is kind of an interesting thing to sit there during a sermon and and resonate so much with what the pastor is saying about the relationship with God and repenting of sin and like getting back to the disciplines that, well, that's not exactly what he said, but that's what I felt like God was speaking to me today was just like, I need to get back to the disciplines of seeking God's presence that I used to do. I I haven't been doing devotions. I haven't been praying and meditating, but then other things you don't resonate with as much or simply don't agree with some other things. Um, But I guess that's just part of, I mean, I didn't agree with everything in the deconstruction community either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's normal. Like we're, that's what leads us to have discussions with people, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can have good discussions and, um, 
And that's good. And I was talking to a friend. It's like, well, you know, like she resonates with certain speakers and I resonate with other speakers more. And it's great. Like that's also the beauty of having plural leadership. Like it and various speakers, like Mm -hmm. different people connect with different people. Yeah. (laughs) And that is a real advantage of our church that we, is that they have plural leadership. So there isn't one pastor. It's multiple that, that cycle through. So you, you do get that you know, multiple different people that, that you can uh, learn from in that way. So really to, I guess, wrap up this podcast a little bit, like what I'm, I had someone tell me, like, I have the, the same values as you. And so let me know when you find a church. <laughs> I mean, she lives far away, but like, you know, the type of church, like, is it going to be an Anglican church or is it going to be in the Presbyterian church or is it going to be an Orthodox church? You know, that's kind of what she was saying. And, and I get that. I totally get that. And I thought I would check out different churches. Um, but really our situation might be a little bit unique in that we went back to the church we were at before, but we were mm-hmm. barely there. We only attended there like three months before COVID hit and between between us moving back and COVID hit. So we hadn't, we didn't know the church. No. We had been gone for seven years. Um, and they went through some pretty significant stuff in that time. Yeah, but like, yeah, people change in seven years and churches change in seven years. So it was our church of origin. And so for us to go back there, it was going back to, it was going back home. Mm-hmm. It's our friends and it's our community. Um, our issues weren't necessarily about them all mm-hmm. along. Like it, it, we weren't hardly there <laughs> in between mm-hmm. missions and leaving church. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell, see it would be really, really hard to try and find a church when you're starting from scratch mm-hmm. in a brand new city or you don't know people that would be really hard um we kind of lucked out to have an already supportive community mm-hmm. uh, we had to talk to a few people just to clear some things up and um and that and that's good you know yeah. to realize that actually we have a voice actually we can talk to people and express what needs to be said and that makes us feel safer in church and mm-hmm. you know these are these are good things like use mm-hmm. your voice instead of, and, and that is a change when we left where you feel, where it's more like, well, how can we be involved? How can we be in leadership to now? It's like, no, just, we just want to be blessed in church and in community. Mm-hmm. It's really about finding the people more than it is about the theology so. and getting, you know, your specific issues exactly right. So you can look at a website, with. look at the beliefs of a bunch of churches, find the one that fits you to a T and you go there and you don't click or fit at all mm-hmm. because personalities and church culture is important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's just really important to find a culture, a church culture that is good. Mm-hmm. And the book Church Called Tove is really good for that. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk more about that? Or you already mentioned a bit about that. Yeah. Well, I'm not done reading it. I'm mm-hmm. only halfway through. But who's the author again? By Scott McKnight. Yeah. So far, that's a super good book. And it talks about like narcissism in the church and toxicity in the church and um, how to be able to see the culture of of a church, you know, like things you can look for to know if it's a good culture or bad culture, a toxic culture. Um <clears throat> It's not all negative, as I'm saying it right now. Like, he goes in sections. So the 
the first section that I read was more outlining the problems um, mm-hmm. and stuff. But now he's getting into like even how to how to impact culture, you know, and it, it it's it just takes a small group of people that are good and can pass it on like that that can really change a church culture. Um, but yeah, that was just a really good, interesting perspective so far in that book. It's just looking for the culture that's good. And I'm like, I never mm. thought of it that way, but that is what I chose in choosing to go to the church we're going. Yeah. Like it, it, it was a good culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hard, hard to find. And like, maybe you have to visit a few times, but it's when you, when you find it, you know, you, you got, you look past certain other things to be like, there's enough good people here that the culture is good. And yeah. that, you know, leadership is not just a heavy handed top down sort of a thing, or you don't have to hide your authentic self. Um, you can be authentic. You can be real yeah. here. And that's something yeah. that makes it valuable. Yeah, exactly. I did want to mention as we're talking about our process going back to church, because domestic abuse is part of my story and you can go back and, and, listen to um, podcasts I have on that. One thing that was important for me was feeling safe because my parents have friends in the church. And when we talked about that, we realized, you know what? It's mostly one specific person. And so we talked with them and said, look, this is the deal. You don't know the whole story, but we would just really appreciate if you wouldn't share information back to my abusers. And we were kind of expecting some pushback, but they were just like, yeah, that's totally reasonable. We don't need to. And like, what specifically am I just you don't need to tell them anything about us you know and extremely receptive they were extremely receptive and you know in my mind it was like I mean I literally had nightmares about the church and I just had thoughts about like everybody spying on me and all this sort of stuff but it's like you think about it's like I just had that conversation and all of a sudden I felt safe in that community the weight is lifted and now my family myself emotionally I'm protected you know so it's communicating <laughs> yeah and and from my own journey that was a huge step towards empowering myself um and, and getting back the community that is helpful for me to grow as a person and to heal so those are just kind of parts of our journey as we kind of figure this out this strange journey of reconstruction um <laughs> deconstruction was hard in its own way um fun in its own way um <laughs> reconstruction is hard in its own way and very rewarding um it's strange i mean we were having this conversation last week like are you gonna go to church this week i was like yeah i was looking forward to it all week (laughs) which is like what (laughs) where did that come from um but it truly is something that is feeding us both of us and having those connections with people and connection with god um it's cool Thanks for listening to our journey. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what we'll say next time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day.